Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week, we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations, and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the campfire. I'm Tony. I'm Peggy. And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips, tricks, and discounts. Okay, we got to talk fast. We got long episode this week. We have a long episode this week. We've got two fantastic interviews. Indeed. And so we are going to kind of just go right to it. All right, here we go. Well, first of all, we have Scott McCoy talking the ultimate Route 66 guide app. You might remember a couple of weeks ago that I said I was a gadget (laughs) because (laughs) I was sitting with a bunch of different devices in my lap and watching for safe routes and making sure we got to our destination and also following the ultimate Route 66 guide app. Today, we have Scott McCoy. The man responsible for. The man responsible. And we have invited Scott to tell us more about the app. It's great great to talk with you, Peggy and Tony. I appreciate the uh, the time. We appreciate you being here with us. So your app, how in the world did you come up with? It's a very extensive app, and we're going to delve into what all it does. But where did you come up with the idea to do something like this? And do you have a background in creating apps or? Well, it's kind of an interesting story. Um, I do have a background in technology. So I primarily with my company produced vertical market technology. So something that doesn't exist, we design, develop it for other companies. And we really didn't do any of our own products at the time. Then I got involved into, in politics a little bit on the local level. And if you've ever heard of Pontiac, Illinois, uh, it's a really big Route 66 stop right in the central uh, Illinois area. We had just gotten into the Route 66 game and uh, I was elected mayor. So we were really getting in hot and heavy with the Route 66 Museum and tourism. So I like to joke a little bit that Pontiac, we went from no tourism literally to the third largest tourism destination in Illinois, Chicago, Springfield, Pontiac. It was really fun to be part of that. So I was part of that, you know, initial startup growth and, and so forth. And I got looking at it and said, boy, I'd love to do tours because I was doing them as the mayor. I would get on the bus and I would talk with people. We'd walk around downtown. We'd go to into the museum and, and I kind of got involved sort of officially, if you will, quote unquote. And then when I left office uh, and decided to be a recovering politician, (laughs) I decided I'm going to do this. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to do this um, uh, bigger because at that point, apps were starting to become a thing. This was back in um, 2009. So it was it was right at the beginning of kind of the whole app world, if you will. So I actually started in developing walking tours where you had a little kind of an iPod type of device and you'd walk around and you'd listen to it. And that's where I started. And then as apps became more popular, the technology became available with the uh, GPS location, uh, you know, and all these different things and Wi-Fi and all of that. Then I got into the apps. So I came up with the ultimate route 66 
six guide app. I wanted something that would cover the entire route. It would cover all kinds of things and be available to every type of traveler, which is something a lot of people don't think about. There's more than just one traveler. There's more than just one tourist and uh, you need to meet the needs of them. So that's kind of just the general background of how I got started. And it's just really taken off from there. Super. Now on the app, there are, well, Peggy is the one who really used it because I was pointing the nose of the truck in the right direction. Right. So I said, okay, the next stop we're going to make is the largest rocking chair. And the next thing we're going to see is an, an abandoned Texaco station. And <laughs> Yeah, it, it was terrific. I mean, it really added a tremendous amount to our journey. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to see what was going to come up. And so... I was kind of curious, like, how are all these places, places that you visited and that's how they got on there? Or how do you find all those POIs? Well, it's it's a combination of several different things. Obviously, I've, I've taken the trip. I do a full Route 66 trip every year, annually, at least one. It's usually two or it's multiple. It's one and then kind of multiple short spans, if you will, depending on what's going on out there. I have literally visited every single one that you see unless they're extremely brand new. So what we do is the pictures you see on there, you know, we take or I I take if I go by myself, we do have some of them that are submitted. So if they're brand new, the points of interest will actually submit them to us. So we have a back channel called the Route 66 community and all these points of interest let us know what's going on. They'll actually tell us, you know, hey, we've got a new uh, attraction. If that pops up, like in Kingman, uh, Arizona, there's a brand new attraction that popped up and we were contacted, sent pictures, and it's already added to the app within 24 hours because obviously I'm not out in Kingman. I'm in Illinois right now. <laughs> so we, we get a lot of different, I guess, point of interest suggestions, not only from other points of interest, of what's going on in their communities, but even from travelers, they can submit them themselves if they find something neat, hidden, brand new, or if something's changed. A lot of times a point of interest might be closed and we will get a report from a traveler who's using the app. We will then have our team contact that point of interest directly, find out what's going on. Uh, And this just happened in Chelsea, Oklahoma, where the underpass was closed. We contacted the Route 66 Association. They weren't even aware of it at the time. They found out what had happened and that it actually was, it was vandalized and then closed by the city. So we have a lot of different points that come into us and then uh, our office handles adding all of that information. That's a good team effort. Yeah. And it's sort of crowdsourced, but also there's an authority or reference point behind that, which is cool. So tell us a little about how the app actually works because, well, of course we encourage people to go and get the app and I assume it's Android and iOS. Yeah, it, it's available in, in all the app stores, even in the Samsung app store, you can get it there as well. It is updated frequently. We update actually about every two weeks or so you go get an update with any bug fixes or new features and, yep. and all of that. And it works on any modern mobile device. It does not operate on some tablets just because the tablet technology is all over the place hmm. and uh, most tablets cannot do not have the technology needed with the GPS and the, the updating and these, you know, certain different things and technology. So we don't really concentrate on that. We require that, that smartphone, but anything that is fairly modern, it'll, it'll work on and you can use it right on your trip. So one of the things I noticed when we were using it 
is that it was sometimes hard to figure out how much farther we had to go before we'd come to the next item. And so now that I've played with it a little bit more, and I think it, I think your navigation abilities are growing every, every update, it seems like. So some of them I struggled to find a little bit, but now when I was just playing with it earlier today, now that we're home and I'm sitting here and I have a little more time to practice with it, I see that if I ask for directions to a point of interest, a Google map opens and takes me right to it. Correct. So navigation is kind of a multi-step process with Route 66. In the app, if you go to any point of interest and you're like, oh yeah, I want to go see this one, you can click. It'll open up your local Apple Maps, Google Maps, whatever you're using, and take you to that directly to that point of interest. We actually use point of interest by GPS coordinates and not by addresses because addresses do not always work. Right. Uh, <laughs> and that is kind of a big problem with other apps. Yeah. The GPS is, is universal, you know, across the globe. But that is kind of really just the basic of basics of it. Traveling Route 66 is a unique experience because the point of interest or wherever you want to end up in your destination is not the only part of the trip. It's getting there. Right. And people want to follow Route 66 and they want to follow the old route or they want to follow a newer alignment or whatever. Route 66 also has multiple alignments. If you were actually to take every segment (laughs) that ever used to be Route 66, was changed at some point, was moved at some point, et cetera, you'd have 4,000 different trips. Right. Hmm. There's just no way to to do it. And a lot of people say, well, I want to take the original 1926 route when 66 came into uh, existence officially. And a lot of that was dirt. (laughs) Well, it was all dirt at the, you know, when it began and then they started to pave it. And when they started to pave it, that immediately started changing the alignments in many areas. So there's really not one route of route 66. Right. And a lot of that dirt path still exists. However, a lot of those alignments, those older alignments do not exist in maps. So if you go to Google or Apple or Waze or any of these other ones that take you, right? they try to take you to the shortest path to the destination. They don't care how you get there. They want to take you to the destination. Right. We want to take you there a certain way. And we want the traveler to have that way to get there. I want to take an old route or I want to take whatever. And this will get into something I think we'll talk about a little later is in our navigation feature, where if you're on a motorcycle, you do not want to take the dirt path. <laughs> or or if you're in an RV, yeah, <laughs> or the brick-lined road, <laughs> yeah, 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 and and that was one of the things that you know we figured out kind of the hard way ourselves, and then we hear it now from a lot of users is if you follow some of these books or some of these other maps and guides, and they're all great. I don't have an issue with any of them, but in some cases, my RV does not fit. And you can't get under an underpass. And if you get into that area, you're going to have a hard time getting back out because you have an RV hooked to you. (laughs) Right. We're actually addressing all of those issues on our upcoming navigation feature. So instead of using Google Maps or whatever you may have natively on your device, we will have our own turn-by-turn directions right within the app. This has been four years in development. We expect it to be released here about any time we keep finding things and you know, we don't want to release it if it's not, you know, pretty solid. It will actually not rely on 
the satellite, Sigwell, you know, all these different uh, mapping systems that are out there, it'll rely on our own. And right. we've built it from the ground up. In fact, we built it three times and scrapped it three we built it <laughs> four times and scrapped it three times uh, and started over. And that's what's taken us four years because we want it to work the way we want it to work. We want it to work right. Route 66 is unique. Traveling it is unique. And getting people there, not only safely, but efficiently is really our goal. So Peggy, when you talk about, you know, oh yeah, we got this coming up. Our app will actually tell you it's coming up. It'll tell you how long it's coming up. It'll tell you if it's on your right or left side. And if you tell the app when you're traveling, hey, we're in an RV, it will actually direct you on 66 for what's available and safe for an RV and then even help you with your parking at that point of interest because you can't park in as you know you can't park with an RV in some of those areas right you have to park next door or wherever and uh, we address all of that that is going to be fabulous yeah that is going to be neat there was one specific incident where I was trying to keep Tony on Route 66 as much as possible so his phone was taking us to our campsite for the night and then I was telling him, no, don't take the highway, turn left right here, go this way, go that way. And I missed one where there's a lot of places where Route 66 is, on, you know, kind of the frontage road on the east side of the highway. And then you cross over the highway and it's on the west side of the highway. Well, I missed one of those crossovers. And all of a sudden we came to a dead end. Yeah. With the camp trailer. <laughs> yeah, that was that was yep. that was a little bit interesting getting turned around out of there. And he, he said, well, what went wrong? And I said, oh, well, what went wrong is that I missed that one turn that said, go to the other side of the highway to stay on Route 66. But that <laughs> makes it like even more wonderful to hear that you're going to have your own your own navigation that's specifically just for us. <laughs> yeah. And the nice thing too is with the navigation, it'll be updated to where the other maps aren't. So the right. Gastonade Bridge in Missouri, it's it's not on any maps. It was obviously, you know, decommissioned years ago and they put in a new bridge what, two years ago, year and a half ago, whatever it was when it opened. That is still not in any of the mapping systems. Google, Apple, any of them. And it may be another year or two until they actually make it because it has to go through an entire process. You know, it goes through the government first, then it comes in and and these systems get updated. So in some cases, even Rolla, Missouri has another area where they added another lane around one of their turnabouts or their traffic circles. Oh, And if you look at it, even on maps, it's not the way it is (laughs) and we can change ours and update ours within a couple hours and have it into your app so if there is a change and this is really important for things like there was a rock slide at one point several years ago and it took out route 66 i mean it blocked the entire route 66 within an hour or two of us hearing of that we can set up in our own navigation a complete detour rerouting and make sure that you avoid that because if you would have hit that where it was located, you would have had a backup talking about RVs in your RV for about a mile and a half. Oh, oh my There was goodness. no way to turn around. One side was completely off the cliff and there's a guardrail and the other side's up against the butte or whatever they're called, the mountain. Whoa. And it, you, you literally have two lanes and maybe a little three foot shoulder and that's it. And then you have traffic. So yeah. those are the type of things that's going to come with our navigation that 
that uh, you won't see anywhere else. That is very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So on the app, there are things like photo spots, parking, RV parking, restrooms, coin smashers. Yeah. So every point of interest has a little icon and there's a, and there's a guide to what the icons mean and they have all those different kinds of things. And what I, again, missed while we were actually on the route is that there's an actual icon that says where there's one of those penny smashing machines, (laughs) which I have a ridiculous fondness for. (laughs) So now I got to go through and see if I missed any smashed pennies opportunities. Peggy Peggy is the queen of the smash. Peggy's got the federal treasury's worth of smashed (laughs) pennies. We actually do too. My wife is, is a penny smasher, penny pincher, whatever you want to call it. And she loves, she's got shadow boxes in her office of all these pennies of everywhere she's she's been oh dear it's just things like that the newest one we've added is pet friendly so if you can take a a dog inside say the jackrabbit trading post in arizona and and uh yeah they they accept pets and you can go in there or uh lodging so yeah we try to give you all the information about it now here's some new stuff and this has never been released yet so you guys will be a first is with point of interest we (laughs) we we have um a new feature coming out which is called timeline and that'll actually give the history of the points of interest when they were established when they changed their name when they moved whatever the case is so not only just some information about them but an actual timeline and in some cases we will even be introducing 3d photos of the areas and 3d tours so you can walk through some of the areas that you cannot walk through normally. Wow. Oh, that's so awesome. I'll give you an example of this. In Pontiac, Illinois, one of the main areas that you can kind of go visit is our historic courthouse. Beautiful old courthouse. It's just gorgeous. But not everybody can go up to the buyer <laughs> steeple, whatever it is, you know, up the center and even go up to the top and stand on the top where the flag is. So a tour like that, that's really off limits to the public because we do, we don't want to reproduce what you want to do in person. Right. Right. But something like that you can't do. So this way you can still experience it in person and then experience the portions of it that you can't. And that'll actually be in, in some 3d tours and uh, audio tours and things like that. That's awesome. Wow, that will be really terrific. And right now you can mark favorites or places you've been. So, for example, when we go back, because <laughs> sounds like you have to do this multiple times. For sure. We know what we've missed and, right, and maybe right. where to go next time. Or you can kind of pre-plan oh, yeah. in advance and mark some things as your favorite so you can navigate to your next thing that you really favorited and really want to make sure you don't miss. That's correct. The app and you can uh, mark favorites and you can mark my trip and my trip will add it to your quote unquote trip. So these are the things we definitely want to see. Favorite is kind of one of those you know, I really like this place. Maybe I want to come back next next trip and, and you're marking it as a favorite. But on my trip, then you'll be able to say, hey, show me just the points of interest or and navigate me on the route just to see the things that I wanted to see that I've marked. 
Mm-hmm. And eventually, actually, you'll be one of the new features is you'll be able to take notes on them. Wow. So uh, you'll be able to say, hey, this this is what I want to see here. And this is why or, you know, just just kind of like a journal, make your own journal on your trip. But there's a lot of neat, neat little features. So if you have a particular interest like architecture or automotive filling stations or muffler men <laughs> or whatever the heck it, it is, penny you smashers. Can, penny smashers. <laughs> it's cool that you enable people to go back or even plan to see those. And one of the things I I wanted to emphasize to our audience, you know, I've heard for years, oh, most of it's gone. And then we went with that kind of in mind that, oh, there's not going to be as much to see as, as I had hoped. And then we go and it's like, there's tons of cool stuff here especially if if you like old architecture and you have some neat descriptions of the history of things how do you find all that information obviously you you get your app and (laughs) yeah we're adding more and more all the time just with the history like i said with the timeline and and all of this we get it from all different points i mean there people post things on facebook who are historians and there's certain areas so they have a lot of experience we do our own research as well here from our offices to, to find out and then when we visit the places we ask them you know, there's a unique place. It's just just off of 66, so we still consider it part of the route, and it's a home. You would never notice that that home that home is not historic. It does not look historic. It it it's a small little house. It's just not a big deal, and nobody would ever think of it. Well, we were told by some locals what was going on. We did some research. We went in there, and that home is actually built around an existing historic trolley. Huh. So inside the home. There's a trolley that they use to basically support the home, if you will. And they built the home around it to save on costs. And it's one of those old historic, you know, town to town, 1900 trolleys. It is absolutely incredible. Just one of those things you just don't think of. So we get it. We get suggestions and things all over the place. And we do our own little research, try to figure it out and make sure it's legit. And then we, we add it. Going back to your your question about Route 66 and missing things and things that are gone or whatever. Route 66 is a living and breathing thing. It always has been, even when it was decommissioned essentially in the 80s, it continued to grow on its own. Route 66 has never been one thing. It's never been this, put it in a box. This is how we can define it because it's always changed. Uh, even you know from the alignment to what you find on Route 66 to the things that Route 66 have, has done in the development of the United States and really the world. Even today, there are new attractions going up. There are new businesses that are happening here in Bloomington, Normal, Illinois, where we're located on Route 66, is one of the premier electric vehicle car makers. It's a brand new startup company called Rivian. They're literally just a stone's throw away from our office in in Bloomington Normal, and it's on 66. And if you watch the Jeff Bezos take off in his rocket this week, he arrived and left in a Rivian vehicle made just down the street. So 66 continues to create history and create a legacy. And that's why it's always changing. I travel it every single year. It is never the same trip twice. Uh, It's like a game of golf. You can play the same course a (laughs) hundred times a day. 
And for your entire life, it's never the same game of golf. And Route 66 is that way. Now, for me, a game of golf always involves, <laughs> like, if you have 18 holes, you probably need 72 balls because those are all going to end They're up in the water swim. track. They're all going swimming. <laughs> so we're, we're back to where you ended up between the, the trash heap and the yeah, big exactly. <laughs> so one of the icons I noticed on some of the points of interest, there's an icon that's called official point of interest. And so is there something different and special about official versus all the others? Yeah, there a point of interest or POI can be anything from a historic location, just a spot on the road somewhere for whatever reason. Here in Illinois, we have a lot of them that are Lincoln related spots, obviously. And then it can be a business or a building. And then there's what we call the official one. Now, an official one to us is essentially kind of like the good housekeeping seal, if you will. We know it exists. It's uh, somebody that we work with. So it's not a location. It's a, or, or, you know, something that's kind of just historic, if you will, like an old building. So if you go to an old building, it's an old gas station from the 1930s. It looks cool. It's great, but it's not an official one. It's just, it's just a dead building sitting there rotting. Okay. Still a neat attraction, but nobody's taking care of it. Official points of interest are places that participate with us directly. They have people there. They, uh, you know, have a, ter- a caretaker or somebody that's maintaining it at least. And uh, we can keep an eye on it. So they, they let us know what's going on in their area and, and so forth. The official points of interest will also be the ones where you can get virtual collector stamp within the app. And then those count towards you. Once navigation kicks in, every time you visit a point of interest, every time you take a selfie there through the app, every time you sign their guest book virtually through the app, anytime you participate with them, you get points. And then if you get enough points and you travel the route, you'll actually get a certificate from us. Oh, ah. okay. So the official points of interest are just kind of the bigger spots, if you will, where you can do more things like that other than a, you know, just an old building that's right. That's or, something or, to see. Okay, great. So I also saw too late, which might be a good thing because we had a pretty full schedule anyway, but I noticed, well, there's two things, the news and alerts, and then also calendar events. I was looking at that this morning and on your calendar of events, you have events that happen at places along Route 66, obviously, including um, every Saturday night in Amarillo, there's a kind of a show and shine or car show. And so... Now, that's another way that I have to schedule in our route so that we make some of those events. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's one of the things a lot of travelers, like I, when I talked about at the beginning, travelers are all different makes, models, kinds, types. You know, the, a, one traveler is not the same as another traveler. Right. A lot of them will hit events. They'll uh, actually design their trip around the events that are happening. Of course, the summer, middle of the summer, you get a lot of the bigger events and that's what they want to hit. So there might be the one, well, we got a big one in Springfield, Illinois, big one in Springfield, Missouri, and then several out West, you know, California has several. And so we try to keep all of those events up to date. We have links to more information, whether or not they require tickets or, you know, entry fees, this type of thing. Uh, A lot of car shows. 
lot of car shows, yeah. even some small car shows that are at a point of interest. That's a very popular, popular uh, feature. Now, the news feature is is the same thing. We have news of what's happening on the route. The, then that ranges anywhere from travel alerts like the routes closed in a certain area. We just had some flooding that took out actually Route 66 uh, in Illinois. And uh, I believe Missouri even had an outage for a while. There was a uh, tornado that took out part of Route 66 area in Oklahoma a couple of years ago. So just to help people route and know what's going on in those areas, we have alerts. We have regular news, new points of interest. Another one in Tulsa, Oklahoma, new point of interest. Boom, it's in the news. So you can get all of that there. I will add, uh, Tony and Peggy, that one of the best features, in my opinion, of the app is when you're traveling, we can push travel alerts that are urgent to the users. So if you're on 66 and there's, let's say, the tornado and there's an outage or a flood and there's a blockage or whatever the case may be, or even a safety alert, that we can pinpoint the location of it and then send it to travelers within that area so they know what's going on. So if there's a, let's say there's an outage of Route 66 travel and a detour that's all of a sudden in California, people currently traveling in Missouri or Illinois aren't going to get that alert directly pushed to their phones. But everybody within 50 or 100 miles of that in California will get it. And we actually monitor here in our offices, we monitor 24-7 things that are going on. And then again, the points of interest, if they're when they're aware of something that happens in their area, they let us know, and then we relay it to the travelers. Route 66 is a linear community. It's not just one spot. We don't look at weather for just one spot. We're looking at weather for a huge, huge area. Outages for huge areas. So there's no way we can monitor all that directly ourselves Mm -hmm. from one spot. We rely on those points of interest and tractions and even travelers themselves can report those. And then we take that information and make sure everybody else is aware of it. That is fantastic. I can't even imagine because we have our event calendar on stressless camping and I also (laughs) have an online car show calendar and just those two are overwhelming. Yeah, just keeping up static events. So I, I, I mean the... My hat's off to you for that amount of data that you're always staying on top of. We have a good team. That's good. Yeah, that's for sure. Earlier, you said that every time you drive on Route 66, it's a different trip. And one of the factors in that is that when you go to get those passports, those virtual stamps, I understand that a lot of those locations get a different stamp every year. So even if you go back to the same place... You're getting a new stamp every year, so you still have to go back. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Our virtual stamps, you can just take your device when you arrive at a point of interest and you can get your virtual stamp from there. You don't even have to go inside because, again, a lot of my, we call them dead POIs. There's nobody there. It's a closed down old rotting building. Right. But it's still a point of interest or it's a statue or it's a bridge, things like this. So Mm -hmm. there's nobody there. There's no way to get a, a regular stamp and a passport, a paper passport. So ours, we can still do that. You can get, you know, over a thousand different stamps, virtual stamps, uh, and they do change every year with each of them. And it logs it. It, They actually change. It'll mark it every time you hit it. A lot of travelers, this is kind of fun. And and that happens to me in 
uh, being from Illinois, when I take off, I'm at the start of the route. I can take off and I hit, I head all the way out to Santa Monica. Well, obviously on the way back, I'm hitting places again. So I kind of do the route twice, if you oh, will, yeah, yeah. within one trip. And there are places that are closed or places that are open both times. So if they're open and I stop and see, you know, my friends again, got to know a lot of these people very well uh, in these attractions and point of interest. Uh, I visited it twice, say two days apart or a week apart. (laughs) I can actually stamp it each time. You can get one (laughs) stamp every 24 hours. Oh, okay. Just kind of a unique thing that, again, you can't do with a regular passport book uh, made out of paper, but it's just kind of neat. Then you can go back and look at it and then you can share all this online too. That's awesome. So one of the things that you're also developing is audio tours. Yes, the audio tours uh, actually is developed. It has been tested and is ready to be released. It'll be released as we record those tours. So if you show up at a point of interest, and this is really pretty cool too, if you show up at a point of interest that is closed and unfortunately you can't go in or can't go through it or Mm -hmm. or it's dark and you're still traveling, (laughs) you'll be able to stop and get an actual audio tour of that point of interest. And then uh, in some cases, downtown areas and so forth, you'll be able to take a walking tour by using our app. And we will talk about a lot of different places and then direct you as you walk around or even drive around. Really excited about that. It gives a, I like the personal touch of actually hearing somebody talk and having them, you know, uh, having the inflection that you can't get from text in an app kind of add that element to it. Yeah. Especially if you can get a person who was instrumental in maybe saving something or or something like that. I don't know who all you're doing for the voiceover, but that might add even an extra element. Mm -hmm. Eventually we will, uh, it'll be internal at this point, uh, just here within our offices, but we hope to get, you know, authors and, and uh, personalities from the road and even some personalities that hopefully will do their own. So they'll talk about their own, own point of interest because, they are part of the attraction. When when you visit these places, it's not just the business, it's the owner or the managers or whatever, or the staff. And uh, it would be great to have them be part of that too. Yeah. And then that'll come with time. Yeah, right. that, that's quite a job. We, we brought our recording equipment with us on this yeah. trip. And- <laughs> well, we had to have a podcast out every week and we were yeah. on the road for seven of those. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep, absolutely. It's nice to have with the RV, have your office with you. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. And I would love to do it to where you'd have, you know, say somebody who sounds like Abraham Lincoln and <laughs> yes. you know, they're talking about certain things and make it more of a presentation than somebody just reading it. Yes. Yeah. But that's a down the road for us. Right now we're hitting the navigation hard. So yeah, <laughs> that's, I can't even imagine the coding it takes just to do that. that right. It's just unbelievable. (laughs) So Scott, we understand that you yourself are an RVer. And so there is a feature coming up that's going to be specifically for RVers. Yes. With the navigation, we will have almost an unlimited number of routes. (laughs) In some cases, if you're on a motorcycle, for example, again, a a traveler is unique. If you're on a motorcycle, you're you're not going to want to be on dirt roads or, (laughs) you know, unpaved paths that are really rough. Same thing with an RV. Now, I don't know what kind of RV that you personally pull. Mine's just a trailer. It's a travel trailer. It's 17 feet. So I'm okay on the Oatman, the Goldmine Road. That's good to which hear. Which is the big twisty turny thing up to Oatman. That's good to hear. We skipped that part because I was afraid that we couldn't do it in our 20-foot RV. So 20-foot yeah, travel trailer. A, yeah, we, yeah. yeah, see, now in, 
right. In a 20 footer, you can. In a 31 footer, you cannot. Right. So there are particular restrictions and depending on your RV. So in the navigation, you'll say, this is what I'm traveling in. This is my link. This is the type of trailer that I have or, or the type of RV hookup that I have or my height and all of that. And if there are restrictions or certain areas that you can't travel, we will actually path you or try, you know, point you down a path that is safe for your vehicle and make it easy traveling on you. In some cases, that's putting you on the interstate. In some cases, it's a side road. And in some cases, it's just simply a detour around a couple blocks that you won't be able to navigate, you know, very well. And we want to keep people out of those areas. If you have a vehicle or vehicle type that is difficult for that. Parking is another big one. Yes. You know, where you can pull over or park or, you know, the different restrictions, you know, your restrictions, but it would be nice if you knew those restrictions, but you know, before you end up stuck there. And <laughs> <back out>. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and being an RVer myself, we've all been there. We've all done that. We just want to make it as easy as possible. So you can stress less when you're camping. Oh, <laughs> good one. Oh, oh, oh. did I work that in? Well, yeah, that is really good. well, there's a lot of different features in the app. We just encourage everybody to go to their app store, find the route 66 ultimate guide, you can search for it anyway. People call it your ultimate route 66 guide, route 66 ultimate guide. It's up to you. It all comes up to the same thing. It's the, the blue and white logo, totally free. Download it, play with it, check it out. We are updating features all the time. There's a lot of cool things of uh, if you don't search around the app a little bit, you kind of miss these because we don't promote them much. Uh, but when you virtually sign a guest book, you can sign with your actual signature. Oh. oh, that's cool. You can sign your name in the app and then it'll actually go to that point of interest and it'll log it to them. Just like you go in and sign the paper copies oh, neat. within it. So if, if you miss one or they're closed and you visit it, you can still sign their guest book with your actual signature. So we just encourage people play with the app, look at it. We get comments all the time. Wow, this was cool. I wish I would have known this. I wish if, you know, this is a neat little feature that would have been handy or whatever. The penny pincher machines. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Marking where those are. So there's yeah. a lot of fun for everybody. Yeah, you have really done an outstanding job, and that's why we wanted to have you here. If you're even half thinking of going on Route 66, download the app. I can't believe you're doing it for free, but anyway, <laughs> download the app and just look at all the wonderful things. I mean, if you're into vintage architecture or historic sites or muffler men or whatever the heck it is. Giant chairs. Giant chairs. <laughs> soda pops or oh, what yeah. do they call it? We did um, a couple of great pop stops. Pop stops, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's... Yeah. One of the biggest searches we have are people wanting to see neon oh yes, gosh i didn't yes, even think of yeah. that but yeah i love vintage neon yeah yep. so it's a extremely well done app and the price is right yeah, for sure <laughs> super job on it thank you appreciate it and i'm gonna say do that now if you plan on going on route 66 anytime in the next year start now start looking at that app and get yourself familiar with the different things that you can do on there because as i said there were things I didn't have time or didn't take time to learn. And now, sadly, not 
not sadly at all. We're going to have to do the whole entire trip again because of all the things we missed. I mean, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's no way to do it all in one trip. But looking at the points of interest and and news before you plan your trip, keep you updated in the news. So you are connected to this linear community through the Route 66 Ultimate Guide. And we're your point of contact for everything else. And we'll keep you updated on it, on what's going on. That is Well, thank you very much. And then... Also, how cool is it that you, quote unquote, have to go on Route 66? Yeah, you must. Once a year. Isn't that terrible for you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it is a torturous situation (laughs) that I have to go out and enjoy myself for a couple weeks every year and have the company pay for it. Oh, I feel so bad for you. I am so sorry. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, And sometimes my wife goes with me too. So, you know, we won't get into that. (laughs) Sometimes she brings the dog. There you go. Well, thank you so much for your time. We will continue to enjoy your app and encourage other people to do so. And uh, well, happy traveling. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tony and Peggy. Appreciate it very much. And thanks to every uh, everybody out there listening on this podcast. Uh, we hope to see you out on Route 66 and experience it for yourself. Indeed. Thank you, Scott. And since we have such a long episode this week, we just wanted to remind you that when you visit StresslessCamping.com, it's a great place to find discounts and deals on the things we recommend or we use ourselves so if you're looking for rv products or services and want a vetted source of stuff we really like check out the discounts and deals page at stresslesscamping.com that's right well we are going to go on a little journey today and you know some of the more well-known places around the u.s are full We've been hearing that a lot. I'm full. (laughs) So we wanted to introduce you to a great destination that you may not have heard of. Yeah, there's some great places to go in this country, and you can still get reservations there. Yeah. Depending on when you want to go. You can actually, well, on occasion, you can actually even just walk in, which is what we did by crazy coincidence at the Eagle RV Park in Thermopolis, Wyoming. Yeah, so let's go to Thermopolis. And if you're saying where, well, here's how to here's find how out. Here's how to find out. We are here with Dennis Joso from Eagle RV Park in Thermopolis, Wyoming. And we had the good fortune of staying at Eagle RV Park as a fluke, oddly enough. <laughs> and it was such a good thing. So, Dennis, welcome. Yeah, thank you for joining thank us. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Tell us a little about your park, and then we're going to talk about why would somebody want to go to Thermopolis, Wyoming, which I hadn't heard of before we went through there, although Peggy knew more. So about our park, this is our seventh year. Christine and myself own the park, and we're owner-operators. We have 33 full hookup sites, two overflow sites, and six cabins, two tent sites. Hmm. Uh, we're in Thermopolis, Wyoming. Thermopolis is a small town. Usually catch Thermopolis on your way to Yellowstone. Oftentimes people come here on their way to South Dakota, to or from South Dakota as well. And there's a lot to do. Yeah, that's what we discovered. That's what we actually were coming from South Dakota. <laughs> that's how oh, we got okay. there. <laughs> awesome. 
So how did you get into the RV park business? Oddly enough, my now boss, I worked at a company in Casper for 24 years. He owned the RV park and he had mentioned that it was for sale and told me that I ought to think about it. And I kind of blew him off, actually. (laughs) About three weeks later, he came back and said, well, did you think about it? And I said, think about what? And uh, he said, well, the RV park. He said, I think you would enjoy it. So what I did is I started thinking about it, and I thought if there was a choice of a city to retire in the state of Wyoming, Thermopolis would be at the top of the list. And so I resigned from my job, and we bought the park, and did it for three and a half years. And then my now boss, who owned the park before, hired me back. (laughs) (laughs) He just can't get away from you. (laughs) No. So Christine runs the park five days a week. Uh, we, We put cleanliness at the top of our list. I would have absolutely zero quarrel with that statement. Your park was Was immaculate. Everything worked great. We were able to use the laundry facilities. They were terrific. I mean, it was was a really good experience. We don't have an RV ourselves, and we really haven't traveled to speak of that way. But we, I guess the way we look at it is if we showed up in an RV park, what would we expect and what would we like to see? Mm-hmm. Cleanliness is really up there for us. Well, you guys deliver on that. Well, thank you. And you had good internet, too, if I remember right. right. So <laughs> that was another thing. Yeah, we just updated our internet two years ago. We have what is called a radio which is they are used in stadiums and commercially. Oh. So we upgraded, and now we're actually looking at another upgrade to fiber optic to make it run even faster. Hmm. That's awesome. Well, with all the folks working on the road, I will stand and applaud on that because, boy, that really makes a big difference. Yeah. But let's talk about Thermopolis, Wyoming. Okay. There's a lot to do there that really surprised us, and and now we're going to have to go back. Well, we we already intend to go back to South Dakota, and so you're right Mm -hmm. there on the way. Spend a few days. Oh, yeah. So Thermopolis is a very small city, but in Thermopolis and surrounding area, there are tons of things to do. For instance, we have a top 10 in the world-rated dinosaur museum. Oh. They have several active dig sites up in the rolling hills that basically surround Thermopolis area, and they offer a dig for a day. So you can hook up with the uh, dinosaur museum, and you can go out on a dig for a day. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, they have uh, week-long digs. It's my understanding the reason we're rated so high is a lot of our Skeletal structures have more real bones and less artificial. And then they just found a bird through digging in these dig sites that is very rare. And they have um, a facility at the dinosaur center where they cast the bones and bring in. And it's a clean room where they scrape away at the bones and clean them up. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot going on there. We're the largest mineral hot springs in the world. I didn't know that. Yeah, so we have a state park where the springs 
come up out of the ground. There's a view area of the springs, and there's a billboard that tells you how hot the water is and what minerals are in there and so on and so forth. Over at the state park, we have three pools. There is one free pool, which is called the state bathhouse, and it's a soak. So you go in, there's an indoor pool and an outdoor pool. You go sit in the pool and you soak. And then there's two pay pools. There's Heli's TP <laughs> and uh, the Star Plunge. They have indoor and outdoor pool, indoor and outdoor slide, jacuzzi, sauna, lobster pot, weight room, game room, gift shop. Wow. Lots going on. The lobster pot is my favorite. It's just super hot. <laughs> what we get a lot is when people come here, they're like, it's 100 degrees out. Are we just going to roast in the hot springs? No. The hot water comes in usually one side of the pool, and you can regulate how warm you want it by where you're at in the pool. Oh, right. Okay. So where the hot water comes in is obviously going to be the warmest, and then the other end of the pool is going to be the coldest, and you can regulate yourself that way. That's great, yeah. We have a history museum. The history museum has the hole in the wall bar in the basement. And uh, the hole in the wall bar was a bar that they pulled with a horse team. And Butch Cassidy and the Wild Bunch frequented it. Oh. Oh, yeah. It's really neat. You said they pulled it with a horse team? Was it like a roving bar? Yeah, so they could pull it around town. Wow. No kidding. And move it, yeah. Now, I wonder, how is it in those days that you were able to, like, if you were, you know, a best customer, would they just bring the bar over to your <laughs> place? Or? I don't know. That Maybe so. <laughs> hey, that's an idea. It's like the precursor of food trucks. <laughs> yeah. Right. Only yeah. with bar. Yeah. Kirby is... 13 miles from us, we have Wyoming whiskey. They selected the site because of, from what I've heard, the lime content in the water. And I guess that brings out the taste in the whiskey. Okay. Out towards Cody, we have the petroglyphs, markings on the rocks. Mm -hmm. It's called Legend Rock. That is a drive. It's 28 miles out. A lot of people will try to catch that on their way to Cody or from Cody. Mm-hmm. But we have a lot of people that go out there and check it out. When the river goes through the Wind River Canyon, which is absolutely beautiful, I don't know if you guys got a chance to see that. We or did, not. and you're right. It was it was a great, beautiful drive. Yeah, it's just tall, cascading mountains with the Wind River running through it. And as it comes through the Wind River, it's on the Indian Reservation. And then once it comes out of the canyon, the river changes names. At, it's called the Wedding of the Waters, and it changes name to the Bighorn. Now, the Bighorn River has blue ribbon fishing. Two doors down from us to the south are the whitewater raft people. They also do guided fishing trips on the river. Okay. That's cool. There's a gentleman in town that rents kayaks and tubes to float the slower water. (laughs) Usually he'll take you down, he'll shuttle you. He'll take you down and drop you off. Usually the most common float is from the wetting of the waters to the back of his shop, which sits on the river. So we've got that going on. 
We've got OEB, which is the One-Eyed Buffalo microbrewery downtown. Yeah, I don't know how I missed that. Because we had to work that night. Oh, there was that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, they have really good food. That's usually our goal is where wherever we stop, we look for a brewery. And that, yeah. that night we yeah. were just behind on our work and we had to get some work done. Oh. And we didn't get to leave yeah. and go to the brewery. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's good food. They have a patio. It's a nice atmosphere. To eat, we have a P6 pizza, which is really good pizza. We have a new Mexican place in town. It's more of a like a Tex-Mix versus authentic Mexican, but okay. they have really good service and their food's been good. Uh, Christina and I have gone probably three times, maybe. Okay. We have the Black Bear Cafe, which is a good breakfast lunch. The Days Inn has a bar, and they also do meals at the Days Inn. And then we have fast foods. We have McDonald's, Taco John's, Pizza Hut. <laughs> Not a lot of choices, but well, we do. Well, that's, that's quite okay. a few. And I, yeah. and I think I saw a, a Thai restaurant as well, right? Yes. I don't typically do Thai food, but I've had several guests say it's very good. Okay. And is there a better time of year to visit? It depends on what you're doing. Now, we have early fishermen. The fishing is, in my opinion, usually best right at ice off. So it's starting to warm up. The ice is coming off. The fish are hungry. So we get a lot of early fishermen. And then later in the year, we get late fishermen. Okay. Usually April is what kicks off the RV season really going, and then it ramps up into May, and then Memorial Day, we are just completely full. And then that stays that way all the way through the summer? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Typically, we'll be heavily booked through September into October. Does it get cold and snowy there in the wintertime? Yes. Usually it snows and melts up until like uh, November, December, and then when it gets really cold, it snows and stays. And then we get anywhere from a foot to 16 inches of snow during that time that kind of just hangs around Mm -hmm. until it starts warming up again, and then it'll melt away. So it seems like there's a certain traveler that would go there intentionally during that cold season so they could sit in the hot springs in yeah. in the, amidst the snow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of people that come. We keep our two deluxe cabins open. Uh, we blow the lines out, but we have fully functional bathrooms and showers that we keep open, and they're heated in the main building. Mm-hmm. But we have people that rent the cabins, and they'll stay during the holidays, um, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Excellent. Primarily. We'll get traveling nurses that will winter here. Hmm. But we don't get a lot of RVs traveling when it's cold enough that the snow stays because of the hazardous road conditions. Yeah, sure. I, that would not be for me. We all go south. <laughs> we all go yeah. south to Arizona and south Texas for oh, those, yeah. <laughs> those months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dennis, we sure appreciate your time and well, the tour. Well, I appreciate you guys, and I'm glad you got we got to get you in here for yeah the short time that we did. And obviously, when we come back and stay longer, we're going to need to make a reservation. Yes, it sounds <laughs> like you're busy. <laughs> we're not just going to pop in. <laughs> yeah, like I said, we're booking for next year already. 
That's great. Well, thank you again for your time and and the grand tour. And we sure hope that we will see you guys again in person. Definitely. Next year. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. You guys take care of. It's a neat place. It's one of those places that's worth going that you may not be aware of. Uh, Well, you are now. You are now. (laughs) (laughs) You may not have been before. Last week, our question of the week was whether you keep your hitch attached to your tow vehicle. And do you keep your chewing gum on the bedpost? On the bedpost overnight. Overnight. (laughs) So most, actually more than half of the people said that they do not. It was 14 to 9, no to yes. And for the most part, I'm going to say that the no's if they gave a reason, it's because they didn't like hitting their shins on the hitch. What? <laughs> so most people take it off to save their shins. Some people take them off so that they don't get stolen. Maybe you should look at a locking yeah. pin. We keep ours on for the most part for two reasons. One, I'm really lazy. And two, we live in fire country. So at any point, we could get a text that says... Evacuate now. Going out of here. <laughs> and yeah, hook and, up the trailer and go. Right. So of the nine people who said they leave it on, if they gave a reason, that was pretty much the only reason. Yeah. Now, I will say that Michael Bracewell and Marilyn both said that they have special brackets that Michael and that Marilyn's husband made right on the tongue of the trailer. So they can take yeah. it off the truck and store it right there on the trailer. So it's still really close and easy, but it's not in danger of shin knocking every time you go around the back of the truck. So this week's question of the week, and you can answer that and weigh in on our fun Facebook group. Do you have a power tongue jack? That is the question. So go to Facebook, find the Stressless Camping Podcast group, find the question, and answer it for us. Did you know we do a once a week newsletter and it's absolutely free? Did you know that if you visit the website, you can sign up for free? It's on the bottom of every page of stresslesscamping.com. Absolutely. And we only send it once a week and never share your information. Right. That's right. And we're on all those social places, Facebook and Instagram and all those things. You can start at stresslesscamping.com and jump off to all the social places from there. And by the way, do you have friends? Do they RV? Don't forget to share the Stressless Camping Podcast with them. And if you don't want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast, you can subscribe on whatever podcast app you enjoy, because we're saving you a seat around our virtual campfire. Thank you for the two reviews that we got this week. This is really helping us out, guys. We're not kidding. Yeah, it's amazing. (laughs) It pushed us another four places up in the podcast ranking, those two reviews. So thank you very much. Thank you all. And if you have the opportunity and you haven't done it yet, please write us a review. We really, really do appreciate the assistance. Yeah. And, you know, the higher we rank, the the better guests we get, like the ones this week. That's right. Well, we sure appreciate you, your time listening to us, and we hope once again we've provided you with value. And uh, until next week, happy happy camping. camping. We hope you learned a lot, had some fun, and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure. And we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then... Happy camping!